the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy for Tuesday, June 12th. On the show today, Grieving a Suicide, a loved one's search for comfort, answers, and hope. Our guest is Albert Y. She. And today is Dick Grote Day in Pittsburgh. We remember our conversation with the greatest athlete Pittsburgh has ever produced. And now, two of the most talented talk show hosts we have ever produced. John Hall and Kathy Emmett. I don't feel like he's sincere. I, I just don't. No, I think he was. You hired him. I didn't. I feel good about it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your kindness. Hey, uh, any day, any day when people talk peace, when people seek peace, is a very good day indeed. And such it is with this day. Despite uh, the worldwide focus and... <laughs> what? what happened there? Uh, it was it was that, that he's, hard, he's hard to control, that guy. Yes. You know, Came in to interrupt. Our own Don Potter. Yes. So any day when people speak peace, like today, it is a very, very good day. So as President Trump and Kim Jong-un, the despot from North Korea, shook hands in a historic moment yesterday, uh, which is actually today, depending upon where you are in the world, it's a wonderful day. And, of course, because we live in the times we do, all the criticism will follow. But today, we'll focus on the positive that peace is in the air. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> heck's sake. I was feeling positive, and I thought you'd pick up that threat. No, wait, wait. Listen, You're pausing? I'm not, no, I'm not. It's peace. I'm not negative. I'm pausing. I'm just pausing. This. No, no. Th- okay, this is all I'm saying. No, no, no. I <laughs> think that trusting Kim Jong-un is a tall task. Of course it is. Listen. I think I think I called him a despot. Th- yeah, I think being realistic about his track record. Yes, about his his life's work. I just it's hard. I'm glad you brought this up. Okay, so let me let me read this. With that, yeah. Under the rule of Kim Jong Un, North Korea remains among the world's most repressive countries. The government sharply curtails all basic liberties, including freedom of expression, religion, and conscience, assembly, and association. North Korea also prohibits political opposition, independent media, civil society, or trade unions. A 2014 U.N. Commission of Inquiry found that the government of North Korea committed gross, systematic, and widespread rights abuses, including extermination, murder, enslavement, torture, imprisonment, rape, forced abortions, and other sexual violence. North Korea operates secretive prison camps where perceived opponents of the government are sent to face torture, starvation rations, and forced labor. Fear of collective punishment is used to silence dissent. Yes. Yes. I get that. Mm -hmm. It's heinous. It's horrific. But, and it is a big but, one tiny step forward. Yeah, if you look at it that way and say this is one step, then I can go with you on it. 
I'm not saying fireworks and celebration yeah. that, you know, hallelujah. I'm saying it's it's the beginning. Hopefully it's the beginning. They are not yeah. to be trusted. They've the, shown the, a, they've got a record my, of that. But so, look for the first time in the history no, of the yes, United States. You're right. We first, sit down and we shake hands with these guys. I agree. So so the the meeting, the getting together, the shaking of hands, I it's wonderful. The, it was a it was a really good visual. Um, I think that any conversation is better than no. Uh, without a doubt. Conversation. Better than tweeting, I'll blow you up. For sure. I would definitely prefer this to where the U.S. and North Korea were a year ago. Yes. Here's my problem, though, is I don't quite believe that someone who has ruled his people like he has. His family. Can be convinced through any rational, logical means. Yes, I, I would agree with that. There, there is a lack of rationale. Right. I mean, how was Hitler convinced that Nazism was wrong? He never was, and he finally committed suicide because he was about to be taken. However. And he is very Hitler-esque. He is. But perhaps the allure of the modern world the sparkle and excitement of Singapore, Hong Kong, right. New York City, London, Paris, and the escape from that for him alone, for Kim Jong-un to walk into that world and on the world stage to be feted as a, <laughs> hard to say this, humanitarian right. and a celebrity on top of that. Right. So, you see the power of that right. okay. even in our leader. Okay, so we exchange that. You know, So we consider giving that to him in exchange for him denuclearizing. Denuclearizing and perhaps the United Nation or other aid organizations go in now that they have unfettered access into the suffering, right. into the back door right. of and North the, Korea. And that's the problem is that there aren't any particulars, so we don't know what the access is going to look like. Right. We don't even know. We don't even know if there is access. Of course not. No. Today, if you would look at the, you know, the, 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 on the World Wide Web at Twitter, most people were saying, Oh, this is. There's been nothing done. This is all smoke and mirrors. No, but I agree with you. It is something. Something is better than nothing. Without talking a doubt. is better than not talking. Yes, we are inherently much better off than we were two days ago. Right. However, the the hard work comes for Mike Pompeo or Pompeo, depending Pompeo. on who you're asking. Different people like to pronounce. It. I've heard it both ways. I say Pompeo. You say Pompeo. Yeah. Why not? I think I we should split Pompeo, the difference. You say Pompeo. And John Bolton, they're going to meet with North Korean officials next week to, are you ready? Mm. Quote, go over the details. <laughs> That's a lot of details. <laughs> yeah. So they a have good. a really hard job. Fabulous. So that'll be interesting okay, to good. see what comes out of that. You know how it is. When you, like, when you acquire something, you, know, you acquire a, a new job or whatever. Then I remember this years ago. I got a, I got a job, and I was standing there, you know, holding this. It was it was in high school, and I was holding this piece of paper. You have now been accepted, blah blah blah. And one of my teachers walked up behind me and said, "What are you doing?" And I said, oh, "I told him, well, hey, I get this. I'm excited." He goes, "Good. Now the work begins." And I never forgot mm. that because there's always the exclamation point. Mm. But now let's get down to it. Right. So hopefully. Right. That they are, as they appear to be, willing to engage in a conversation and action around that conversation. Right. And so my question, though, remains, can a mass murderer be reasoned with? That's an excellent question. 
and I guess only time will tell. Where will we be five years down the road? I mean, not even that. Maybe two years down the road. Let's find out. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. But I mean, I'm excited by this. I mean, I'm again, some progress is better than zero progress. No doubt. Absolutely. I'll take it. So he, uh, the president mentioned Otto Warmbier. Yes, he did. Wait, uh, so there's a clip here, which is odd. So the president was with George Stephanopoulos. For, um, Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. What did I say? Stephanopoulos. Yeah. It's All like, of a sudden, it's like it's like uh, the Snuffleupagus yes. <laughs> on Sesame Street. Is that where we are? That would not be good. No. <laughs> George Stephanopoulos. No. <laughs> Just call him George. <laughs> I'll call him Stephanopoulos. George. Hey, George S. George S. is with us. So here's a clip of the president and George S. Mr. President, thanks for doing this. Thank you very much. So we saw you sign the agreement right in this room. You also said you developed a special bond with Kim. Describe that bond. Well, it's been a very intense day. And as you know, we discussed things over the last few months. You did. You've spoken with yeah, him before. I have spoken. Yes, I have spoken to him. I've spoken to a lot of his people. His, as you know, his, uh, I would say, very top person was at the White House last week. And so we've developed a pretty good relationship in terms of getting something done. It got done. I think it's a terrific document. It's a starter, but it's a terrific document. I think far more. And there are things that we negotiated after that document that are also very important. Uh, like they're what? going to get rid of certain ballistic missile sites and various other things. We're going to put that out later. But we have the framework of getting ready to denuclearize North yeah, Korea. And the- okay, so the framework is in is in place. That's ABC News. Yes. Uh, okay, so now a year or so ago, a, a young man visited North Korea on a school tour, Otto Warmbier, and like all kids – he did something, well, like a lot of kids, he did something just ridiculously stupid. As he was leaving North Korea, he took down a poster and took it with him. He was taken off an airplane as the plane was about to depart from North Korea, and then he disappeared into the bowels of the North Korean prison system. After about a year or so being held, miraculously was released. But when he was released, he had been beaten so badly while he was imprisoned that he was essentially a vegetable in a coma. He was sent back to the United States, and shortly thereafter, he died. Now, his mother and father have spoken eloquently about their son, Otto Wambier. And apparently, the president has developed a relationship with Otto Wambier's mother and father and has continued that. And I was heartened last night to hear the president bring up Otto Warmbier's name. Otto Warmbier is a very special person, and he will be for a long time in my life. His parents are good friends of mine. I think without Otto, this would not have happened. Something happened from that day. It was a terrible thing. It was brutal. But a lot of people started to focus on what was going on, including North Korea. I really think that Otto is someone who did not die in vain. I told this to his parents. He did not die in vain. Who's to say what person or event will spark a heart to change? And maybe, just maybe, Otto Wombier was that person. So out of great tragedy comes wonder. Hopefully. Yes. We shall see. Maybe. I'm excited. I am saying... 
when you speak peace and when you act in a peaceful manner, it is a good day. Well, at the same time, based on your past actions, we don't trust you implicitly uh, without a with doubt. the shake of a hand. I agree with that 100%. You've got to know that you're walking into the lion's cage and they are waiting for you. So you should tread very carefully. We'll take a break. Come back with the recent suicides last week of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Suicide has been on a lot of our minds. In a couple of minutes, we're going to talk with Albert Chi about the suicide of his father. 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Evans, and I am thrilled to be part of the 101.5 Word FM family. I want to get three incredible resources into your hands. We're giving away our three most requested messages of 2018 on MP3 download. It's yours for the asking. Just go to wordfm.com. Keyword, Tony. And don't forget, you can listen to me on the alternative weekdays at 3.30 p.m. right here on 101.5 Word FM. Many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and so you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know that now they're also offering the very best group health plans in the nation, typical savings of up to 40%. Small groups, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you want. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you. And what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Saturday, June 23rd, Epic Leap Entertainment proudly presents Big Daddy Weed. Live at the Belmont Complex in Katanning with special guest, Citizen Way. Tickets on sale now at showclicks.com. Big Daddy Weed, 8 p.m. live. Doors open at 6 p.m. Don't miss Big Daddy Weed, June 23rd. Sponsored by JD Waterproofing. Step one, you signed a lease for new office space. Step two, you notified your clients and updated your letterhead. Step three, what is step three? Oh, right. Now you have to move everything. Relax. Staples has you covered with moving boxes, packing tape, bubble roll, everything you need. All at great low prices. And now at Staples, select moving boxes are only a buck. Staples, come in store today and get your moving supplies in one easy step. N62318. In store only. Good on SKU 742294 and If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product. And they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. After last week's suicide of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, 
There was a lot of conversation, as there should be, about suicide and facts and figures about we live in a country now where we're under essentially a suicide epidemic. What is it like when suicide hits home, when it's not a celebrity, but when it's your mother or your father, your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband? Albert Shee is with us. Albert is a senior editor for IVP Books at InterVarsity InterVarsity Press. He acquires and develops books in such areas as culture, discipleship, church ministry, and mission. He's got a workout called Grieving a Suicide, A Loved One's Search for Comfort, Answers, and Hope. Al, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. Al, this is not theory for you. This is personal. Um, Tell us about your dad. Well, my dad was an electrical engineer. He was a Ph.D., brilliant man. Uh, But one day, at the age of 58, he had a stroke. And while he survived the stroke, uh, he spun into a clinical depression. And so three months after the stroke, one day he went into his room, closed the door, and took his own life. So what was that like? You found out your father killed himself how? Uh, My mom called me on my phone, and I didn't recognize her voice. It was wailing, uh, grieving. Uh, she was she was in tears, and she said over and over again, Daddy died. Daddy killed himself. Daddy killed himself. And I thought, Dad, Daddy who? My dad? It just did not compute at first. So, so as we hear that kind of shocking news, we respond in different ways. Um, some, of, some of us are very emotional, and the, the immediacy of the grief and pain. Other times you shut down, and I felt very numb at, in the moment. And how old were you, Al? I was about 25 at the time. Okay. Now, you write that this is a kind of grief um, that's different. It's complicated grief or complicated bereavement. Can you tell us what that means? That's right. That's what uh, counselors and therapists say is going on, is in that it's not just the grief of losing the loved one, which is difficult enough in any situation, but it's actually two things going on. There's the loss and then there's trauma on top of the, the loss. And that trauma impacts us in ways that are similar to soldiers in war that have PTSD, or if you were at a school shooting or experienced a terrorist attack. And when trauma happens, we are shaken in a way that our normal fight-or-flight responses change, and we freeze, and we are unable to respond in, in regular ways. And so there's two things going on, both grief and trauma. And one is hard enough as it is, and the two combined uh, can be unbearable. So you yourself, Al, how did you handle this? What was it like? How was the process and how long did it go through it? I'm sure you're still going through it even now. Right. There's no easy uh, answer to that. Grieving is a different process for everybody. There is no linear um, particular process. Uh, We go through different things over and over again. Shame is very common. Uh, survivor's guilt is common. My mom is a nurse. She was a caregiver taking care of my dad, and so she felt very, uh, she blamed herself. She was, felt like she was responsible, even though she did all the right things in caring for him and, and looking out for warning signs and so on. Uh, and, and Christians in particular ask ourselves the why questions over mm-hmm. and over. Why didn't we okay. see this coming? Uh, where is God in this? Why? And why uh, are, we, are we lost? Uh, <laughs> in our grief. Mm -hmm. So what about your personal experience? You know, you, you, you also write about the fact that if your, if your dad had been murdered or was hit by a drunk driver or something, you can, 
you can take out your rage or you can at least experience your rage directed at that person. But the killer and the victim are the same person in suicide. Right. And, and thus, anger is very common. Um, and so we are conflicted because we are grieving our loved one. We're so sad. Mm-hmm. We're torn. We're sad that, we're, that we have lost them. But then we're also raging against them. Uh, how could you do this to yourself? How could you do this to us? And so we feel very conflicted, and we feel guilt even in that. Yes. I'll talk about the shame aspect. Suicide happened in our family a few years ago, and of course, like uh, anything like that, it was a, a shock to me. And then to tell people what had happened, uh, to hear their responses and to have that come upon me, I felt a sense of shame. Um, and I was surprised Did by you? that. Did what, you? What, what was that like? Why Why would you be ashamed? Because it was so ugly and so untoward and so unusual. I felt ashamed of myself and my family. Right. In some ways, we're, we're admitting that something has gone wrong. Uh, and Christians are often not very good at talking about the, the darker... Uh, things in our families, whether it's alcoholism or depression, we just don't want to go there. Uh, what will people think of us? Yes. Uh, do people think that we have failed our loved one? Is there something wrong with our families? And we need to recognize that part of uh, dispelling the stigma and shame of suicide is to be honest about it, to not cover it up with euphemisms, mm-hmm. but to say uh, depression is a serious issue. About two-thirds of suicides are uh, affected by depression, mental illness, bipolar, other, other uh, mental health issues in some way. And to be able to talk about that and to say, just as we now are able to talk about things like cancer and heart disease and diabetes, uh, to say something has gone wrong and we need to mm-hmm. explore that and to say what resources are available for those who are struggling. Albert Shee is with us, senior editor for IVP Books at University Press. Um, the book we're talking about is Grieving a Suicide, a Loved One's Search for Comfort, Answers, and Hope. I'll put information about Albert and his book on our Facebook page and on our website, johnnycathyshow.com. So, Albert, talk about this um, thing that you... <laughs> that you dealt with shortly after your father's death. You write about like having to kind of justify or it, to yourself the fact that your dad wasn't strong enough or wasn't mentally tough enough to deal with his situation. Right. One of the hard things to hear from others was this sense that um, there, there was weakness there. There was mm-hmm. weakness in the family. And what was helpful for me to hear from other survivors of suicide, others who had gone through the same kind of loss, was to say that it's not so much that they failed or that they lost. The image that that some have said and used this at funerals, for pastors preaching at funerals of suicides, is to say they lost their own civil war, that they were like a fallen soldier on their own battlefield, that they were caught in the struggle between wanting to live and wanting to die. And that's true in almost every case of suicide. And, right. and at some point, one outweighs the other. And to, it was helpful for me to realize that my father did not do this to hurt us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was trying to end his own pain. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he just saw no other way. And that at least gives me a sense of empathy or compassion. For what, for what happened. Yes. Al, when I was a young boy, I was taught theologically 
that those who commit suicide go to hell. They've essentially murdered themselves. And I, I heard that, you know, as part of my family turmoil. How did you respond to that? And, and that is very common in certain conservative Christian or Catholic circles. We need to realize that that's not in the Bible. Um, the Bible never says that suicide is the unforgivable sin. That actually comes more from medieval Catholicism, and specifically Augustine. Uh, he overemphasized, I think, that the weight of uh, suicide in terms of a sin that separates us from God. But Scripture is very matter-of-fact when it talks about suicide. There are seven suicides recorded in the Bible, from uh, King Saul to Judas, and in no case does it say that the suicide separates them from God eternally. In, in, in fact, uh, Samson died at his own hand, but he's recorded in Hebrews 11 among the heroes of the faith. So I prefer to look at suicide through the lens of tragedy. If you think in terms of Shakespearean tragedy or Greek tragedy, uh, a tragedy happens when something has gone wrong in somebody's story. Uh, there's a twist in the tale, and they are undone by their own fatal flaw. And, and when I look at that way of understanding him as a tragedy, suicide as a tragedy, that I'm less concerned about the rightness or wrongness of the act, the sin or not, uh, and more that uh, this life did not end uh, the way that we had hoped. Right. And the life didn't end the way God would have wanted. So how do you deal with that side of it? If someone's talking to you and they're saying, you know, I'm struggling with suicide myself, and the reason I haven't done it is that I thought I was going to go to hell if I did. Well, we need to recognize that God gives us reasons to live apart from the fear of hell, <laughs> that uh, life is precious, and God gives us life and this human world uh, to be experienced. And, and in fact, that it was such a, a significant experience that God himself became human in Jesus Christ to live this life himself. And, so, and in that way, he validated human experience. Uh, and, and for those that struggle with the pain of life and aren't sure how they can go on, uh, I am encouraged that God understands human suffering, that Jesus became human and bore our sins, experienced death on a, on a cross. But then it doesn't end there, that on the other side of the crucifixion is the resurrection, and that Jesus walks with us in our human suffering. So even though the world is a painful, broken place, God understands. God walks with us through it. Yes. And so, Al, now all this time since your father has passed away, um, where, where are you in this process? Well, grief never goes away completely, and I grieve differently now than I did in the immediacy of the moment. Uh, when I first lost my dad, it, I was a younger man in my 20s, and I, I missed him as a father. Now I'm in my 40s and midlife, and now I grieve that he's the grandfather that my children have never known. Uh, all the missed holidays and family moments that, right. that just never took place. And so grief changes us uh, and continues to change over the years. Yeah. But, I, but I, I think I can say that I honor my dad now by having lived uh, in remembrance of him and to raise our kids uh, in ways that he mm. would be proud. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you for your Albert, courage. Albert, you've, you've helped countless people by yeah. how you've spoken about this and written about this. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Albert Chi, he is, uh, he's the author of a work called Grieving a Suicide, 
a loved one's search for comfort, answers, and hope. Kath will post information about this on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Albert Chee. He was unaware of a lot of things that were going on around him. His world was closed. As a mom, that 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 does something to you because you want to be able to communicate with your child. He had very low self-esteem. He just lacked confidence. He just didn't fit in. He struggled in making some friends and connecting. There really is hope. There really is a program that can help. And Brain Balance, truly, honestly, is the answer. It was like he was waking up. Brain Balance was just everything that they said and more. We see it as an investment investment in our child's future do it (laughs) just do it go in get the assessment have your eyes opened to why your child is the way they are help your child achieve success all summer long call brain balance today and get a jump start on your child's next school year make a real difference in the life of your child and your family visit brainbalance.com you know how it is you wake up and you either feel like saying good morning lord or good lord morning Hey, this is John Hall, and I have to ask, if the second statement is more like you, why on earth haven't you tried my pillow yet? I've been talking to you about it forever. I'm telling you, once you try it, you'll fall in love with it right after you fall asleep on it. And since you're a kind and sharing person, you're going to want to share that gift with someone else, right? Of course you are. Good thing Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow, is offering his four-pack special for Word FM listeners. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Use the promo code WORD. You'll get two full-size MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Which are great for travel. Plus, my pillow is the only pillow that comes backed with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Call 1-800-961-9207. Enter the promo code Word or visit mypillow.com and enter the code to get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207 or enter promo code Word at mypillow.com. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice: continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at Unbound.org. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? Word FM hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at wordfm.com now to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at wordfm.com. Tonight's looking mainly cloudy and muggy with a couple of showers and thunderstorms in the area. The low will be 65. It'll remain warm and humid for tomorrow. You'll see more clouds than sun, and some of you get a heavy thunderstorm in the afternoon. I'm R81. Then it will turn out clear and more comfortable tomorrow night. The low will be 57. Nice Thursday with sunshine and low humidity. I'm near 80. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Just come through an intense period where our country has examined examples of public art, namely statues of notable people from the past. And there's been a lot of um, taking down of the statues. It happened here in the city of Pittsburgh with the Stephen Foster Memorial right outside the Carnegie Museum. And so, so always public art is fraught with uh, what? Uh, what one people consider to be art or worthy to be mm-hmm. seen in public is a sort of anathema to other people. Right. 
such as the case of what's happening right now in um, Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, this this summer, Hartford has put up 27 different life-size statues, actually larger than life statues. Some of them are 36 statues by an artist by the name of Seward Johnson. Now, one of the statues is a larger-than-life uh, image of Marilyn Monroe. Remember the, um, the, the movie Some Like It Hot? Of course. And Marilyn Monroe is on the subway grate. The subway rushes by, and the air comes mm-hmm. up out of the subway and pushes her skirt up. And Isn't that, this is the movie with Jack Lemmon, right? Yes. Jack Lemmon and uh, I forget who the other guy is. Uh, they dress as women. And they're Tony in Curtis. The band. Tony Curtis and they're yeah. in the band. Right. Okay. And so she pushes the skirt you know, down. I've seen this movie a couple times. I don't remember that, that scene? scene. in the. I remember the scene in culture. Yeah. But I don't remember where it is in the film. Okay. Well, it, it is. It became a bigger thing in culture than it was in the without film. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, that was, without that scene, the film, you know, it's a funny film. The, but, the, but The men are what's funny. Yeah. But the scene itself is like, you go, yeah, holy smokes. Yeah. But I'm sure when it's produced, it was, it was a know, big deal. Yeah. Anyway, so there's this gigantic life-size statue in so Hartford, life-size. Connecticut. I'm sorry. It's larger. Oh, it is larger than <laughs> yes, life. Okay. It is. Uh, a larger than life statue. And um, it, it's, it's facing, the front of Maryland is facing a public park. Okay. The rear of Marilyn, oh, no. where the skirt is blowing, billowing up fully in the air, where her underwear are exposed, yeah. is facing the front entrance of a church. <laughs> now, as you might imagine, See, there has been, there's been some consternation. I, yeah. and, you know, was it by design that it was put there or not? The good news is that the pastor of the church says, well, I don't think it's going to be much of a deal. I don't find the position to be offensive. It was, in my eyes, very disrespectful uh, for people to complain about it. So we'll just go through the summer and make it work. Other people, though, have had a very difficult time with it. So, I think it's probably public, pu- publicly speaking, a good idea as the pastor to just downplay it and I think say, so what's too. the big deal? Yeah. I mean, it's just a statue. But maybe like behind the scenes, you say, really? Like, who was thinking about this? Right. And maybe we could rethink it. Yeah, the statue is 26 feet high. <sighs> 26 feet high. So that's a lot of underwear that is facing the church. It really is. Wow, that's just a really poor idea. I, I can't imagine that that's not going to be changed. I can't. Well, it's only for the summer. It's not going to be there for, you know, the next 50 years. So then, then you might kind of go. Where is it in Connecticut? Uh, Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's public art. And everybody's got an opinion. It's just an odd placement. I wonder if it was an intentional thing to sort of, you know. I bet it wasn't. I bet it was just some guy who wanted to have her face the public. But how could you not think that? I mean, everyone knows what the statue is. I mean, everyone knows the scene. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at the picture. Yeah, see. It's a pair of. I don't think I'd really want to walk out of church. I wouldn't really want to walk anywhere. Like if that was in front of my grocery store, I wouldn't like it any better. I don't know if it's the fact that it's in front of a church as it's in front of anything. Yes. Maybe the pastor would say, as you're exiting church today, let's continue to be respectful. Put our heads down and pray until you get to the parking lot. That's what I would say. Is that what you would say? Uh, Yeah, I would. All right. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know. Maybe you could hang some things from the back of a dress. I think so. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we got a lot more ahead. Uh, we are going to talk in just a few minutes about... Um, Dick Grote. Dick it's Dick Grote Day in Pittsburgh. 101.5 WORD. Thanks to digital technology, today's kids face an onslaught of destructive influences from the world. What does that mean for you as a parent? And how can you help your children resist the world and embrace Christ? Find out as John MacArthur shows you God's pattern for parents here on Grace to You. 
tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees, clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. The nation's largest Christian Music Festival. Creation Northeast. Celebrating its 40th anniversary. Returns to Agape Farm in Mount Union, Pennsylvania. June 27th through the 30th. Featuring Toby Bath, For King and Country. Jeremy Camp. Bethel Music. Mandisa. Hillsong Young and Free. Jordan Feliz. A special reunion of classic Petra and more. Plus speakers Tony Nolan. Reed Saunders. Keith Adams. Abdu Murray. Vince Vitale and more. Join thousands of believers at Creation Northeast. It will be the highlight of your summer. Maybe your life. More info at creationfest.com. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School, 412-242-8886. What does God look like? I'm sure it's one of those questions you've mulled over from time to time. What does God look like? Well, there was a study done, and it was uh, funded by the Templeton Foundation and the National Science Foundation. These uh, researchers, uh, they asked 511 American Christians, however you might define that, I'm sure. The Templeton Foundation and the National Science Foundation had their own definition of what an American Christian is. But 511 Christians were contacted, and apparently from these 511 opinions, they've come up with an image of what they believe God looks like. Okay, a bunch of psychologists have come up with a picture of what they think God looks like. That's ironic, but go on. The end result is a mugshot that shows God as white, young, (laughs) 
and clean cut, not unlike someone from an huh. 80s boys band. Great. As for his expression, Mona Lisa's vague smile comes to mind. Now, here's the weird thing. <laughs> Everything's political. Liberals and conservatives look at God differently. Mm, Liberals right. imagined a God as more feminine, younger, and more loving, while conservatives have a white guy in mind who was more powerful. Well, they both have white guys in mind. Said the researchers, yeah. Both guys, both, so both liberals and conservatives think God is Caucasian. Right. However, the biases have stemmed from the type of societies that liberals and conservatives want, said the study's lead author. Uh, Joshua Conrad Jackson is the lead author in a symposium posted at the UNC Chapel Hill website. Past research, quote, shows that conservatives are more motivated than liberals to live in a well-ordered society, one that would be best regulated by a powerful God. On the other hand, liberals are more motivated to live in a tolerant society, which would be better regulated by a loving God, end quote. The final image crafted by the study is basically just a big guess, since the Bible, of course, does not spell out what essentially God mm-hmm. does look like. Genesis one twenty seven describes man as created in God's image, but other verses portray God as embodied as non-human or as not embodied at all. The study found that demographics often come into play with our image of God. Caucasians tended to see a white God. African-Americans imagined a black God. Younger people saw a younger God, and attractive people imagined a more attractive God. A process called reverse correlation was used to create the final image of God. Mm -hmm. The 551 test subjects were shown hundreds of randomly varying pairs of faces and asked which two looked more like the face of God. Now, the uh, senior author said the study revealed people tend to believe in God that looks like them, except in one curious instance. Men and women believed in an equally masculine-looking God, said the report. How about that? Okay. What does God look like? Okay, I, I do so not believe he, he looks I, like an he, 80s he boy looks band. Like, like, what do they call it? Reverse something? Reverse engineering or reverse projection or they, they called it something reverse something it's, it's like it makes us think that god is like us actually i think and I don't, this isn't a smarmy response i think i think this is true yes. i think it's sin that makes us imagine god that way because what each one of those people groups is doing is imagining that god is like them yes and well, we've been. Right? That's the that's the ultimate egocentric viewpoint on what? the world. How could but why would and here's and so liberals think that God is like them, and conservatives think that God is like do. is like them. But do you want? No. Do you want a God who's you? No. Or do you want a God who's actually God? Because if God is actually God, I bet you he's a lot different than you. Of course he is. Not the same as you. How can you even imagine the face of God? How can you imagine that? It's something beyond human imagination and being. it is. It is beyond us. But even if we're talking about the nature of God, that's really a – it's a sickening indictment. It really is. So because I'm a, a conservative, then I imagine God must be a conservative. Now, how sad is that? Here, here's yeah, the, I'm, even sure, more sad. I'm sure God is a free market capitalist because I am. Well, I mean, what about the fact that God – isn't God – don't – isn't the whole idea 
of there being a God is that he is bigger than us? Yes. He's not us. The creator of the universe is not us. Believe me. It's <laughs> so preposterous. Could you imagine us creating the universe? Well, yeah, that's what, yeah, exactly. So that's what these people think they're doing is they're going to invent a God that looks just like them. Uh, the whole thing – here's what I take from the whole thing. Who, first of all, comes up with this idea of doing a study of what God looks like? And then who pitches the idea to the Templeton Foundation and the National Science Foundation? And then who gives the money for the research to be done? The whole thing is is. just an exercise in ridiculousness. And what a waste of time. Okay, so there are some things we could say. So what does God look like? Well, he's Jewish, he has dark skin. On Earth. On Earth. Okay, that's the only one we've seen. Yes. It's the only human, it's the only time no. God ever became a human. No, oh, you've he said this before. He wasn't Caucasian. No, you said, you know. He didn't look like he was from a boy band, and he had no beauty or majesty in him to mm-hmm. attract us. Yes. Nothing. There was nothing about his physical being that was attractive. So he doesn't look like he, you know, is I don't, from NSYNC. Well, you know, at uh, your church, you say that they used to have those fans with the oh Barry, my gosh, we used to have Barry this fan. Give Jesus. Yeah, we used to have this fan because we don't have air conditioning at our church, and it was the white Jesus with the lamb mm-hmm. who who looks like Barry Gibb, the long flowing. You know, hair. He's, he's incredibly yeah. non threatening, and yeah. he looks like he could sing a good song. I mean, it has zero zero relevance to a Middle Eastern man who lived, you know, for, plus years exactly ago. zero, and. Again, the physical thing doesn't even matter. So, like, what does God look like? Well, God looks like he's full of grace and he's full of truth. Love. And he's love and he's he's patient he's and beautiful. he has joy and kindness and faithfulness and goodness and self-control. That's what God looks like. Yes. And we would be attracted to that. Of course, when you see people or who we have would e- be re- Here's the problem. Or we would be repelled by that. Perhaps, but when you see people, you know what it is. We've talked about this before. When you see people who embody a kernel of that truth, are you not compelled to be with them? If your heart is right, if your heart is wrong, they're the last person you want to be with. Um, That may be true as well. I mean, if we're talking to a group of people who have decided that God is like them, when Jesus actually – how many people saw Jesus and didn't see Jesus? Right. I mean, he did end up dead. Yes, (laughs) yes. Oh, that's not God. We'll just kill this guy. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I think that is a really damning story. Yes, it is. It just goes to show you what, you know, intellectual studies, how they end up producing yeah, a lot of Yeah, it also goes hoo-ha. to show human nature that we, at in our hearts, we want God to be like us because I think it makes us feel better about us. Oh, what, you're showing me the picture? The picture. Oh, this is what God looks like. Right. God looks a little bit like... Um, Who's the guy who plays Bruce Banner? What's his name? Mark Ruffalo. He looks slightly like Mark, Mark Ruffalo in this in this drawing. He looks to me in this drawing. Well, he's just got – he's pleasant enough. Short hair and – Maybe a little Italian. Wild, yeah, kind of Italian. Yeah, I don't know. It's dumb. Who can imagine the face of God? Not I. Not I. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, five o'clock? Yeah, we're going to talk about Dick Grote because it's Dick Grote Day in the city of Pittsburgh. Very nice. We're going to air our conversation. We had the privilege of talking to uh, Dick a couple years ago. It was one of the great thrills we've had doing the show. Mm, so best. we're going to play it for you in the five o'clock hour. 
I'm Robin Drzezinski from the Original Mattress Factory. Every mattress has two sides, so why only use one? If you're considering a no-flip mattress, this is your wake-up call. Two-sided mattresses last much longer, so why is it hard to find a mattress that flips? At Original Mattress, every orthopedic mattress flips. Why? Let's just say selling a premium two-sided product that only lets you use one side doesn't fit our values. Don't let them sell you half the mattress at twice the price. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Let's talk about your business for a minute. Think about all the things you're doing to attract the best talent. Between the networking events and referral bonuses, you're probably spending plenty of time and money to find the right people. But what if it was your office that attracted employees? Today's workforce is mobile and active, and they want an office designed around the way they work. And Veridesk makes it easy. Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions help you create an active workspace where employees can stand and move so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. Our full line of active office products are constructed with commercial-grade materials and require little to no assembly, so they're easy to set up and move. Companies of any size can have a Veridesk active workspace. Ordering is simple. Shipping is free. And our 30-day guarantee means if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. Learn more about Veridesk Active Workspace Solutions at veridesk.com slash radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash radio. Hi, this is Clint Hurdle, manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I want to invite you to the ballpark on Friday, July 27th for our annual Faith Night at PNC Park. After we host the Mets, some of our players and I will be discussing what an important role that faith has played in our lives, both on and off the field. Join us and visit Pirates.com slash Faith Night to reserve your seats. We're looking forward to seeing you at the ballpark. More details at wordfm.com slash pirates. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. You have a millennial in your house? I think I have a millennial. Yeah. I have like, I'm, I'm not sure where the cutoff is actually. I have a child who was born in 1997. Okay. I would say that's a millennial. You think that's a millennial? I believe it okay. is. Okay. Yeah, is my yeah. 1998 a millennial? I think so. All yeah. Right. I think then when you cross over to the 2000s, they become something else. Yes. Okay. Barnyard animals. <laughs> so we have millennials. Now, I, I was reading this today in the uh, newspaper, The Guardian, that millennials expect to make it big someday with more than half millennials in a survey reported that they will believe that they will eventually become millionaires. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a wealthy generation. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's optimistic. Despite having crushing student loans, uh, 20% of millennials expect to never pay them off. Credit card and other debt. People born between 1982 and 2000, so we have millennials, okay. 
share a confidence when it comes to their financial outlook. Quote, young people are optimistic about the future, and uh, they expect, on average, to land a job in the chosen field and can be completely financially independent by the age of 25. Uh, Kylie Jenner, 20 is among the millennial success stories. Well, no kidding. With a net worth of about $50 million. Yeah. Okay, she's like point oh 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 one percent Yeah, but you know what? She's posting photos of herself and her life on Instagram. Right, what, right? so... Um, yep. More than half of millennials believe that they will be millionaires eventually. Kylie Jenner, 20, is among the millennial success stories with a net worth of $50 million, according to Time Money. She can frequently be found posting pictures of her opulent lifestyle on Instagram, 20-year-old is worth $50 million, largely due to her makeup line, Kylie Cosmetics. Mm -hmm. I don't know this person. You don't know her? I don't. I mean, I don't know her either, but I know who she is. Yeah. Well, where's this article from? Uh, The Guardian. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The optimism is due to millennials graduating in record rates, the overall college completion rate rising nearly 4% okay. in 2017. So are they, maybe they're talking about the UK. I, I have a hard time believing that kids who are in the United States who are graduating with debilitating student debt believe that A, they're never going to pay off their loan and B, going to become a millionaire? I don't know. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. Well, it's sense. a lot of magic thinking, obviously, that's going on here, right? It's unicorn thinking. Yeah. Like, no basis in truth, the yeah. reality. But Black I think it brings white. up a good point. Whether they're UK kids or American kids, don't you believe that social media creates a veneer of success that is within grasp? Because people people are on YouTube, and you know, if you're a YouTube user and you see other YouTube users having success, you think, "Well, I could probably do that." How hard is that to make some sort of you know little video, and people will click their way to my pocketbook, which is essentially what YouTube's all, right. all about. I guess I, I guess I can see that. So then what happens at 45 when the millennials are still earning $40,000 a year? They have only 20% of their student loan debt paid off. They have two kids and they realize that by the time their kid is in college, they're not going to have – the parents aren't going to have their own college debt paid off. So how are they going to pay for their kid's college? I have a feeling that only clinical depression can result at that point. It could be. I don't know. I just I mean if you if you're really thinking as these respondents are that your future's gonna be like Kylie Jenner and then you turned out to be forty two years old with two kids crippling debt, you're gonna thinking you're gonna think, Wow, my my present is a lot different than I thought but it would be. Do you know when you were twenty years old? I never thought I'd be a millionaire. No, never but, in a million but never did, you have did big I hopes and that. dreams? It's different than thinking I was gonna be a millionaire. If you would have said, "Hey, Kathy, you're going to be a millionaire," no, be like, of course not. Uh, no. no. Did you? Th- no. Did you? Have you ever in your life thought you'd be a millionaire? <laughs> no. This is preposterous. Never. No. No, it's ridiculous. Mike, but, new Mike, but, new Mike. Yes. Did you? Oh, oh, oh. Have oh. you ever thought you'd be a millionaire? After I got out of college and realized how much loans I have, how many loans I had to pay off, absolutely yeah. not. Wait, yeah. Well, but okay. while you were in college, maybe you had a glimmer of hope. No. Absolutely not. Because no, because this is ridiculous. I'm like, not sure. Look, the millennials were raised on Steve Jobs in the tech bubble. So, of course, you know, you're going to graduate from college and make $150,000 a year. People do that, right? Well, right. some people do that. Right. So yeah. Most they, people don't do that. But those success stories, people, young kids are reading on the internet and thinking, well, they can do it. Well, then why can't I? It's within grasp. Well, I wonder what Kylie Jenner thinks now because – if she still thinks that she's going to, still going to be a millionaire because she I think she just had a baby. Well, she's, she's good to go, right? 
Is, is this part of? Is this Bruce Jenner's? Yes. Yes. Again, what daughter? Yes, the daughter. I mean, of course, his stepdaughter, not his actual. I daughter. don't know. Yeah. His don't say his. Kath, please. Right. Let's get with the times. Okay. Okay. So look uh, again. There. It may be not be uh, what you know. It's who you know. Wouldn't it be nice to? Yeah, but guess what? Here's the problem with social media. You don't know Kylie Jenner. I don't. I don't care about Kylie. Nobody Jenner. knows Kylie Jenner. What do you mean nobody what? knows Kylie well, Jenner? Yeah, all, she's known all on the, Instagram, all the cajol- but there, she's not known. That's the problem. She's looked at. She's not known. Never heard of her. She's You've not never known. heard of her. No. You've never heard of Kylie Jenner. See, I, I love that. Okay, I good. don't know. Who well, she but is. she's she's not known. She's she's a celebrity, but that doesn't mean like I know who Robert De Niro is. I don't know him. Yeah, but you think Beth Moore's your friend. That's different, though. If she no, knew me, no. No, if she knew no, me, I do no. think that we would it's be It's not friends. different. You think you, guys. you know her. Just saying. Have a donut. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. This just in, a federal judge has ruled in favor of the AT&T merger with Time Warner today. The approval by the judge is with no conditions. The Justice Department had sued last year to block the merger, saying the deal would hurt consumers. Again, the AT&T merger with Time Warner has been approved by a federal judge today with no conditions attached. Former Vice President Joe Biden says he's troubled by the outcome of the summit between President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Biden said in a statement released today that Mr. Trump has given North Korea multiple wins up front without getting anything in return. On Wall Street, the Dow down by two points to 25,321. The Nasdaq, however, rose by 44 points with the S&P advancing five oil up 26 cents to $66.36 a barrel. This is SRN News. Oh, my papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me you are so good. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. I'm a little biased, but I think we five minor kids got the best dad around. Let's celebrate those special men in our lives with a Springhouse Father's Day steak fry and chicken barbecue. My brother Sam and his boys will crank up the barbecue pit outside and grill the chicken quarters and the New York strip steaks with our special Father's Day marinade. Come hungry for all the fixins to go with your steak or chicken hot off the pit. Top off the meal with a brownie or blondie, something to suit every dad's taste, or any of our other sweet creations. Of course, every dad is treated to a Springhouse ice cream cone, and we'll have live music all day, too. Visit the calves out in the play area and plan to have a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339, or springhousemarket.com. Yep, traffic. It is what it is. Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. There he was on the radio again. Kurt Knodek. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out. Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic. Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group. 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355.
Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. Saturday, June 23rd, Epic Leap Entertainment proudly presents Big Daddy Weed. I need to hear you now. Live at the Belmont Complex in Katanning with special guest, Citizen Way. Tickets on sale now at showclicks.com. Big Daddy Weed, 8 p.m. live. Doors open at 6 p.m. Don't miss Big Daddy Weed, June 23rd. Sponsored by J&D Waterproofing. Oh, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired. But I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to Goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Tonight's looking mainly cloudy and muggy with a couple of showers and thunderstorms in the area. It will be 65. It will remain warm and humid for tomorrow. You'll see more clouds than sun. And some of you get a heavy thunderstorm in the afternoon. I'm about 81. Then it will turn out clear and more comfortable tomorrow night. It will be 57. Nice Thursday with sunshine and low humidity. I'm near 80. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy for Tuesday, June 12th. This hour, atheists and their beliefs. We talk with former journalist K.E. Columbini. Also, what does God look like? We'll see what a University of North Carolina study came up with. Thanks for joining us today for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home with John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, welcome. Thanks for coming along today. I believe that guy pays attention. (laughs) Do you think? I don't know. He gets around. You know what I think the problem is? Hmm. I think he gets sleepy. (laughs) You know, if you work in an office, do you get a little sleepy around 2 o'clock? Oh, my gosh. Today, all I wanted to do was go to sleep about 2.30. Yeah, I had that those was, days. Uh, I mean, I had to talk to you guys, and believe me, I was glad yeah. for it. But Yeah. I was sleeping, oh, I don't know, a month or so ago. Oh, my gosh, right in your office. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why I gave you a look. I was sleeping in my office. I took a little siesta, and all of a sudden- A little siesta. A little siesta. <laughs> I, you know, I, and all of a sudden, this new employee of ours, new Mike- he recorded me sleeping. Yeah, I heard the I heard the the snores. I like was not snoring. I was not. I didn't hear. I have to no, admit, no, I didn't no, hear no. snoring. But no. I'll be honest with you, I watched that video more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I took a little snooze. That's all. I mean, you kind of have to like read. And you know what? I woke up after five minutes. It was five minutes, and I felt totally recharged. I don't know if it was five. It minutes. was five. I don't feel like it was because there were a lot of us in and out of your office what while do you that mean, was going on. A lot on. of us in. What? Yeah. No. Listen. I, the people I remember being in your office while you were asleep what? are uh, New Mike, Shelly, Gary, and me. We were all David. in your office. And David, so that's yeah. five. I had no idea. I feel oh, a little yeah. violated by that presence. Can a guy just take no, a nap? No, but we looked on you in love. It was <laughs> oh just that you were God. you were sleeping so soundly in your office like hmm. like in the afternoon. Well, I'm gonna, it I'm, wasn't like we were you know like stuck here overnight in a snowstorm and it was 11. No. The best part was the drool coming down his, his lip. That was the best part. You're wrong. You guys are really wrong. I've learned a lesson. Next time I choose to take a nap, I'm going to lock the door. 
You know, I've often thought, I often wish that there was a Word FM cot, like a little army cot. You know, other stations have cots. They do? Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't know? No. I'm sorry. Maybe now I've brought it up and you're oh, going to be filled with envy. But other station stations cot. have cots. Wouldn't that be nice? Of, but, well, I don't, know if, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. If I knew that that was available. Exactly. I don't think that'd be good for me. There have been times when you yourself have laid on the floor here at the studio. Yeah, but that's when I was having a medical emergency. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. like I was tired. Was that once or twice? There might have twice. been twice. Yeah, that's it was right. twice. Medical emergencies. All of a sudden, you know. Call 911. That was such, laying out such a low moment when that happens it at was. work, i got to tell you. Hey, anyway, this is a very good day, uh, naps notwithstanding, because any day that you talk peace is good for your soul, for your community, and for your nation. So today, or I should say last night, as President Trump and Kim Jong-un met in Singapore and they had that historic handshake, peace talk was certainly in the air. Yes, Kath? What? What? Uh, you can't you, deny that. You can't deny that. Thank you, Mike. Wait, there's a naysayer here? What are you talking about? You have trouble with what, what happened? What does that mean? It means... What is, when is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? It means the possibility is on the okay, table. Okay, that's the possibility is not the same as peace. Well, there was peace talk. Okay. There peace was conversation. Talk, is, is, talk peace. Okay, so peace talk, though. There's a vast gulf between that and peace peace it's a tiny first step and i'm height i'm heartened and and encouraged if it's the first step along a path toward peace i'm okay with that good but we are dealing with someone who is in kim jong-un who is completely unreliable and has a history of lying forthrightly when asked about something that he's doing yes and you know you could say many more things in the negative deeply about him this is um this is from um, a u.n report under the rule of kim jong-un north korea lest we forget remains the world's most repressive country the government sharply curtails all basic liberties including freedom of expression religion and conscience assembly and association it prohibits political opposition, independent media, civil society, or trade unions. A 2014 UN Commission of Inquiry found that the government of North Korea committed gross, systematic, and widespread rights abuses, including extermination, murder, enslavement, torture, imprisonment, rape, forced abortions, and other sexual violence. North Korea also operates a secret of prison camps where perceived opponents of the government are sent to face torture, starvation, rations, and forced labor. Fear of collective punishment is used to silent dissent. Okay, that's that's on the record. We know who we are facing. Okay, okay we know who we're facing. But. So are you going to trust that guy? Are you going to think. I'm not going to give the guy my PIN number to my you know debit card. But I'm going to trust that somehow something was in the air. That the Holy Spirit. Okay was in the air and peace between two men and then the larger nations and then the world, there is a possibility that that peace would flourish and God will reign and be recognized throughout all the nations in this world. I totally believe that could happen. I don't know if I believe that did happen. I don't know. I I, I I believe the first step happened. Okay. I think I'm going to be harder to get. Did anyone ever really negotiate with Stalin. If you go back and look historically well. speaking, did anyone real did Stalin ever really negotiate? 
I mean, you could say he did in certain times. Of course, always for his own benefit. Sure. And always the consistent factor was that his people would suffer. So whatever Stalin decided, whether he would give as or get, it would be at the expense of his own people. No doubt. So I don't believe anything less about Kim Jong-un. I don't believe that Kim Jong-un woke up a month or a few months ago and had a sudden and complete reversal of conscience. But God works in... For sure. Wonderful ways. For sure. I, I, I'm, I'm allowing, I'm certainly allowing for that possibility. I'm just going to be harder to convince. I'm sure. And I do not mean to be Pollyannish or naive here. We know, you know, anybody who's read even the least amount of this, you know what you're walking into. But right. it is a first step. So there was peace in the air. There was conversations about peace and coming together where once we hated each other, right? Now there's a possibility. I just, I think that I am loath to trust anyone who victimizes his own countrymen above as as a matter of course his own people I agree. if we if he treats his own people his own family his own countrymen that poorly it's hard for me to believe that he has he's putting the best foot forward toward peace with a country he doesn't know and has always despised. I'll take that. And I believe that perhaps the reasons that Kim Jong-un has come to the table are, are entirely selfish, that he sees the world and thinks, I could own a piece of that. I could, I right. could enjoy the fruits of the world. I could be at, the celebrity. At one point, the president showed him his bulletproof limousine. I'm sure that's very impressive to someone who lives with all those deep restrictions and economically in that country. Yeah, but how many deep restrictions does Kim Jong-un live with? Not many. Not many. It's all the people who live under him that have nothing. But, I mean, if anyone has anything in North Korea, believe me, he has it. But the power of, of, of wanting to be admired – Right? Sure, and, the, know and the look, look at what's happened to China. I mean, China has been ha, has become more open because of what they have seen and wanted economically. Yes. So if if so he's the same, if he's the same way, if capitalism does for North Korea what it has done for China, I'm all in favor of it. I'm into that. But it's still a dictator we're talking about. Yes, it is. But still, when you talk peace, things can change. So today. We talk peace. This is Mike Howard for Word FM, here to tell you about an awesome opportunity to attend Teal College in nearby Greenville, Pennsylvania, for an extremely discounted investment without discounting the educational experience. More on that in a moment. Teal College was founded in 1866 as a co-educational institution in western Pennsylvania. Teal is an independent liberal arts college rooted in the Lutheran tradition, offering distinctive programs in the arts and humanities, social and natural sciences, and professional studies, together with engaging co-curricular and athletic opportunities. Teal College provides an accessible and inclusive learning environment that emphasizes service to society. Teal's residential campus offers a safe and supportive setting in which to grow and learn. Word FM is pleased to offer a tuition voucher to a brand new student at Teal College at half price. Yes, half price. That is almost $15,000 in savings. Call me today, Mike Howard, to find out more. 412-937-1500. That's 412-937-1500. Marley Financial has done it again, and you're 
probably know Todd Marley. You've heard of Todd Marley, my friend who owns Marley Financial. And so you probably know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. And he's had great success with that. But did you know that now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you want. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So... Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. (sighs) Ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com The Express Employment Professionals Team sends a big congratulations to all parents of 2018 graduates. Whether your graduate has a clear vision for the future or is feeling a little uncertain about what's next, the Express Pros are here to help. Their Express Jobs app helps to make applying for jobs easier for those who want to get right to work. And for those who want to continue learning and building skills, their Express Learn program offers 18 CTC courses at no charge. Learn more at ExpressPros.com or call 412-494-2000. K.E. Colombini is with us, former journalist worker in corporate communications. Ken, welcome in. How are you? Oh, just great, Kathy. How are you? Well, thanks. Ken, thanks for coming along today. You wrote a piece in First Things, which is a magazine that we follow and love, called Atheists and Their Beliefs, which in many ways was a response to an article that was written maybe two weeks or so ago at The Atlantic called Atheists are Sometimes More Religious Than Christians. And in this article, there were some findings about a research study that was done that says essentially that um, researchers confirmed the widely known fact that overall Americans are more religious than Western Europeans, that the American nuns, those who identify atheists or agnostics or nothing in particular are more religious than the European nuns. N-O-N-E-S. N-O-N-E-S. And that the American nuns are as religious uh, or even more so religious than Christians in several European countries. I mean, that's an awful lot to digest. But to think that uh, atheists are more religious than Christians in some countries seems a far stretch, doesn't it? Oh, I, I, th- I think you're right, John. Um, it's interesting. I think I believe the headline itself is kind of a misstatement of what the actual facts are in the story and what the research shows. First of all, atheist is only a subset of the group that was being talked about. So I, I can't think of any atheists who would consider themselves to be religious. Um, when I think about how you define that, it's quite the opposite of it. You know, they, they will think of a- they will think of religion as a significant thing only if they use it as a weapon to beat somebody over the head with. Right. Um, so I think first of all, there's there's that issue there. Um, but what's interesting also to me is the kind of odd beliefs that these nuns or others would, would have about 
spirit spiritual things you know for for example you know if if you tell somebody that you're sick that you're sick or you're in the hospital they'll say oh I'll pray for you that's mm-hmm. great well that's the usual Christian response what others will say is oh I'll send positive energy your way you know or they'll look at astrology for example you know and they'll look at these kind of oddball beliefs even though they're they're trying to be be non-religious because God's too difficult for them to conceive of, so they'll think about something something else, and that's where they tend to go askew. Right now, now Ken, this is this astrology thing. I mean, John, John and I have talked about this several times. This cracks me up. I mean, this is the American society, which you know ostensibly has thrown off Christianity because we're so science based, right, and we're so rational, right. And all of a sudden, so we've thrown off Christianity, and now, I mean, astrology is taking over the internet. Oh, you know, it's interesting, Kathy and John, because I think the best example I saw was actually after I submitted my story. Um, last week, Dr. Oz had a segment on astrology and health, and if yeah. you go to his website, you can even get the information on that. And it's kind of strange, because you learn that, so for example, if you're cancer, I forget what month cancer people are, but if you're cancer, if that's your sign, you know, it says you may have health problems such as water retention, cysts, and low energy. If you're a Virgo, you poor thing, you have digestion and gastrointestinal issues. You know, so they're actually kind of trying to tie people's health to astrological signs. And mm. this is Dr. Oz, who millions of people follow, and he's supposed to be a medical doctor, and he's actually quite smart, but somewhere he went off track. I mean, come know? on, and that is that is the essence of irrational, right? Yeah. That is not that is not science based. But here's the weird thing: so uh, I grew up, you know, reading Gene Dixon in the newspaper. <laughs> exactly. Right? And I didn't because I thought it was satanic. Okay, so now there's Gene Dixon, but now there's Dr. Oz. That's millions and millions of people. Yes. Yeah, so Ken... Saying, yeah. Yeah, Gene Dixon was more for entertainment than anything. Exactly. I, you know, right, yeah. but, but so what is this? So are we saying that we're throwing off Christianity in favor of, of being rational, science-based people, but that's but not, not actually what we are. We're just people who don't like this Christian God, and so we're looking for another one. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. I quote G.K. Chesterton where he says that it's the first effect of not believing in God that you lose your common sense. And what's interesting is just over the past few weeks, I've I've picked up different collections of people who reference St. Paul's letter to the Romans, where basically, you know, society abandons God, God will abandon society, you know. So he says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And you, you see this time after time in different things. You know, we talk about school violence. You know, it's, there was a great column about that where he said guns aren't the problem. The collapse, of, the collapse of morality is the problem that we're seeing now. And so that's what's causing all this great violence. Yes. You know, you know, and God's not going to be mocked. Yet here we are mocking him. And so the, the punishment is everything else that kind of falls after that. But in some ways, and not to be, you know, sort of haughty or superior in any way, but my heart no. grieves for people who have no belief system mm-hmm. and just cling to anything for for whatever reason. It's just willy-nilly. Oh, I, that's really a good way to look at it. Um, I, I have so many good friends I can think of who, who are kind of that way, and they're very well-intentioned, and they'll be the first one to, you know, give you a ride somewhere, let you use their truck or something like that, and they're just very nice people at an, on, on a natural level, and my heart goes out to them as well, and I, I just hate to see them so confused or to have the wrong kind of priorities in life. But, you know, you just do what you can to set a good example. 
K.E. Colin Beanie's with us, former journalist, currently working in corporate communications, talking about an article he's written for First Things. Uh, you can find more information on our website, johnandcathyshow.com. So, Ken, you, you br- bring up a 2016 research study done by J. Walter Thompson Intelligence, which describes itself as a center for provocative thinking. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it's focusing on, on identifying shifts in the global zeitgeist. Okay, I really like that. Okay, and this is a report <laughs> called Unreality. Now, um, so you, you mentioned several things about the report, but the thing that really caught my attention is that Unreality has observed a correspondence between the rise of digitally mediated psychic and astrological consultations and a rise in the incidence of young women being diagnosed with anxiety disorders. Hmm. Yes, and it's, it's interesting because I think that's what we're seeing with younger people so tied into their their devices. They're always looking for something else. It's, they're not spending enough time thinking about the important things, but they're clicking from link to link to link trying to find things, and that's where the, that's mm. where the, that's where the confusion stems for them. And so, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of anxiety going on there. It's, they just don't know what to follow, and so they will glom on to what the first thing is that that they see. So when they go on the internet, they go on Facebook, they'll see all these ads for all these various things, depending on what they've been looking at on the internet, because you search for something on the internet, it all of a sudden shows up in your Facebook feed, right. and then you will have access to it on your apps, and it. It's it's kind of a vicious circle in terms of right. how the advertising works. Right, and isn't that the lore of the internet? It, it's information, 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 From information, right? But the problem is that it's the Book of Revelation. This calls for wisdom, and that's what you exactly. can't get. That's what the internet can't give you. Mm-hmm. And, and so it can't give you self control either. Right. It can. So so again, for those people, those those nuns, N O N E S, N O N E S. So they're they're. they're <laughs> just so, want to make sure everyone knows right. what we're talking about yes. here. Yes, Sister Pankratius. Catholic, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but for those nuns, so there they are. They're trapped in that cycle of a dog chasing its tail. Right. They're in the, from tribe to tribe. So no one, and I think that more than anything, it convicts me of the idea of I need to evangelize in whatever way, shape, or form that looks like to people who are free-falling through this world, what can we do as believers in Jesus Christ to present Christ in his beauty, in his majesty, in his grace, and in his judgment that we can present Christ to those who are lost? I mean, I think that we are called to evangelize, so we need to do a better job for this younger generation. Oh, John, I I definitely agree with you. Um, if you're a person who uses social media, who's on face, Facebook and Twitter, just you know, use it first of all to set a good example. You know, don't share things that you shouldn't share, but you know, share positive things, share good stories. You know, I I have a lot of friends who you know every Sunday morning it's like here I am at church, and it's just a little thing they post on Facebook. It's like okay, there's a reminder that Susan goes to church every every Sunday. It's that's a nice cool. thing to see that you know, and yeah. little things like that or a comment. If someone posts something that's really bad, just put a comment underneath about how uncomfortable you were about that. There are really good positive ways to do that. That's excellent. Yeah, thanks, Ken, for being with us. This has been a good conversation. It has been. It's and, common sense as right, well. Well, I, let's hope it's common sense. I don't think humans are real good at it, but common sense that <laughs> is. But, uh, Ken, thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're more than welcome. Atheists and Their Beliefs from an article in First Things. K.E. Colombini is a former journalist who works in corporate communications. First Things is a magazine we love, highly recommended. Atheists and Their Beliefs.
If you're paying too much for your health insurance, listen carefully. Due to recent changes in the law, you could be overpaying $500 or more per month on your health care. There are new, more affordable health care options with better coverage. These plans are exempt from the Affordable Care Act and now open to everyone. Health care options with better benefits, costing 30 to 60% less than Obamacare plans and giving you the freedom to see almost any doctor or hospital in the country. Forbes calls this the health care plan that is saving families $20,000 a year. And over 1 million Americans have already taken advantage of this game-changing health care program. Call 800-239-7174 now to find out how much you'll save. Employers, you too can save 50% or more on group medical insurance with health sharing. Our licensed advisors can take away all the stress of finding the right plan for your needs and budget. Best of all, our service is free. This one call could be the best decision you make this year, so don't delay. Call now to see how much you can save. For your free quote, call 800-239-7174. That's 800-239-7174. 800-239-7174. People who are looking to finish the basement are usually crammed for space or have a special need that they don't have the room for. Energy Swing's Total Basement Finishing System is the fastest, easiest way to turn your unfinished basement into something spectacular. We have a great system that within two weeks we can convert your unused space to something beautiful, like an office, a gym, home theater, or just a place for the kids to spend their time. It's a pre-engineered system that installs very quickly and looks great when it's done. It's a premium system because it's premium performance. It's not drywall, which is one of the worst products you can use in a basement. This is a high-end performing system. It has a lifetime guarantee against mold, mildew that won't absorb moisture and looks great when it's done. We can turn your unused basement space into something beautiful within two weeks. Right now, get $1,200 off any total basement finishing project with 5% off over and above any current offer for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. That's a passion of mine, serving an underserved population. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock on treating special needs patients. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. It takes some patience. That's about it. And I try to provide that with every one of my patients, special needs or not. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. On Perry Highway in Wexford, visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Tonight's looking mainly cloudy and muggy with a couple of showers and thunderstorms in the area. The low will be 65. It'll remain warm and humid for tomorrow. You'll see more clouds than sun, and some of you get a heavy thunderstorm in the afternoon. I'm tomorrow 81. Then it will turn out clear and more comfortable tomorrow night. The low will be 57. Nice Thursday with sunshine and low humidity. I'm near 80. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, uh, thanks for being with us. What is it? Oh, the Pirates lost yesterday. Are you kidding me? They were up 5 nothing when I went to, to sleep. And I think they gave up five runs in the fifth and four in the sixth or something like that. So I'm so happy I didn't stay up for that. Yeah. Well, they're in Arizona, so the, the games were late-night games. We're looking like we've just – the wheels have fallen off. I have to say It's that. just – and I'm a pirate fan, right? But the wheels have truly fallen off. I still I listen to every single game. See, you're a super fan. I do. I'm not a super fan, but I do listen to every single game. Well, uh, so you got to have some faith, right? They'll, they'll turn it around, and so we're going to have faith night. Yeah, which I, is kind I, of different. Yeah, I, I would. Re- <laughs> I don't faith, think it's the same kind of faith. It's not. No, faith night is July 27th, the sixth annual. 
pirate if faith you've night. never been to faith night you have missed out it's such a fun night at the ballpark um New Mike and John and I will be on General Robinson Street before the game. We'll be handing out T-shirts and saying hi to people and getting our picture taken and whatever. Um, that's a lot of fun. And then we go in and we watch a great baseball game, hopefully. Well. Hopefully. And then uh, at, a hot dog. at the end, um, the pirate organization asks you know whoever wants to stay around for Faith Night to come and assemble around the uh, home base area. And every year, it's just gotten bigger. The, maybe the first year it was a couple sections. Last year, it was like eight sections. I mean, it was just oh, incredible numbers of people that stay Thousands. and clint hurdle comes out and um joe klimchuk our friend is the mc of the evening and you just hear from pirate players pirate wives yep. people in the organization are just talking about their actual life not about how great it is to be a ball player nothing none of that it's just about my faith in jesus and how my life is and it's just a wonderful wonderful night it is highly recommended so uh bring your son bring your daughter bring your wife your husband your next door neighbor it's a great way to evangelize i'll tell you that we just talked about that so yeah july 27th it's a friday night it's perfect friday night you can stay late you don't have to worry about getting up the next morning Mm -hmm. can't wait church group wordfm.com you'll find the details uh, for faith night and we'll be there too on general robinson we generally give away free t-shirts yes we do so let's hope we do the same thing this year and coming up next we'll hear our interview from a couple years ago with the single best athlete I believe Pittsburgh has ever produced Dick Grote. Pittsburgh City Council honored him today. It's Dick Grote Day. You'll hear from him next. He had a lot of social issues, a lot of sensory issues. His skin was too sensitive and he would scream and yell. Luke was struggling socially, struggling academically. It was really hard. It's terrifying and devastating because you want to help your child and you don't have the tools to do it yourself. I was desperate. I knew I had to give brain balance a try. It's a program that gets to the core of what is affecting the kid. There's no words to describe how exciting it is to find something that can help your kid when they're struggling like Luke was. It gave us a direction for Luke to take. And it's tailor-made for each kid. The changes we saw in Luke after brain balance were amazing. Practicing at home, it gave us a direction for Luke to take. Now he's able to express himself, and he's very confident now. He feels successful. I would recommend brain balance to anyone. Help your child achieve success all summer long. Call brain balance today and get a job. Jump start on your child's next school year. Make a real difference in the life of your child and your family. Call today, 724-390-9012. You know how it is. You wake up and you either feel like saying, good morning, Lord, or good Lord, morning. Hey, this is John Hall, and I have to ask, if the second statement is more like you, why on earth haven't you tried my pillow yet? I've been talking to you about it forever. I'm telling you, once you try it, you'll fall in love with it right after you fall asleep on it. And since you're a kind and sharing person, you're going to want to share that gift with someone else, right? Of course you are. Good thing Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow, is offering his four-pack special for Word FM listeners. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Use the promo code WORD. You'll get two full-size MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Pillows, which are great for travel. Plus, my pillow is the only pillow that comes backed with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Call 1-800-961-9207. Enter the promo code WORD or visit MyPillow.com and enter the code to get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207 or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Also was a star for uh, basketball, Duke University, and in the early days of the NBA. And we're happy to welcome Dick Grote to our show. Dick, 
Welcome to you. How are you today, sir? Very good. I appreciate being invited on your show. Mm-hmm. Dick, we are so excited uh, to talk with you. And I think the, the, place we, the place we begin is you growing up. You're born in Wilkinsburg. Talk about the early days. Were you playing basketball and baseball both as a kid? Well, believe it or not, I, I played so much more basketball than I did baseball. It was unreal. My first organized baseball, believe it or not, was my sophomore year in high school. Wow. Where I played basketball from the time I was five or six. My brothers put a hoop up in the backyard when I was just a baby. Dick, in reading about you, you were the uh, the last boy born into the family. I think, I think I read 11 years separated you from your other siblings. So was that an advantage for you athletically to have older brothers who kind of taught you the game? Well, it's a plus and it's also a minus. Both brothers are, one is 18 and one is 19 years older. Wow. They ended up being at the University of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and... Uh, I ended up being four and five at the time they were at Pitt. I'm going down. My brother was a track man at Pitt. He had the half-mile record before Johnny Woodruff. And I worked out with with the track team and went to all kinds of Pitt athletic events when I was five and six years of age. So <laughs> ending up broadcasting for Pitt basketball, it was kind of going back to deja vu the way I grew up. Very nice. Yeah. So, Dick, are you saying that you didn't play baseball at all? Until you were in high school. Not at all. There was no such thing as Little League. Yeah. And you played a little bit of softball. You played some pickup baseball, something that I'm sorry that I never see anymore is a pickup baseball game. You got that right. In any borough, any place in western Pennsylvania. No. Which is kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, it sure is, right? I mean, because there was a day that many kids just woke up in the morning on a summer morning and went out and played all day long. That is correct. So, Dick, talk to us then uh, about uh, playing basketball. Obviously, uh, you were a great player and were offered a scholarship to Duke University. Tell us those stories. Well, it, it it was basically kind of an accident. I had represented the city of Pittsburgh both in 1947 and 1948 in the Hearst All-Star Game in New York. And I read an article that said they played big league baseball at Duke University. And I mentioned it to my older brother. And I was a senior in high school at that time. So he made a couple phone calls and found out one of his fraternity's brothers brother was John Michael Olson, who was coaching the Steelers at that time. Huh. And John had all kinds of connections at Duke. Dr. Sutherland used to take him there. In the spring train, Dr. Sutherland and Wade and Coach Wade were extremely close friends. So John called down there and said, we have a kid up here that's a heck of a baseball player. He might be interested in going to Duke. Can we get him a scholarship? said, John, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And believe it or not, we don't get baseball scholarships. So he plays basketball, too. He said, how good is he? My brother said, he's supposedly very good, says his brother. So they invited <laughs> me to Duke. And I scrimmaged against the varsity for two days, and they gave me a basketball school. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. So you ended up being a two-time All-American at Duke. Talk about what that was like. I mean, the NCAA has to be completely different now than it was then. Well, believe it or not, uh, in 1948, which was my senior year in high school, to go to North Carolina and see Cameron Indoor Stadium as it is today, that was, believe it or not, that was a state-of-the-art. It was only built in 40, it was built in 41, but th- we didn't have anything in Western Pennsylvania like Cameron Indoor Stadium. And as soon as I saw that facility, I said, wow, this is where I want to play my basketball. 
so when they offered me the scholarship, I accepted without before I even left the campus that first visit. So it was kind of a foregone conclusion. I had never seen a facility like Cameron Indoor Stadium. Wow. So Duke and basketball go hand in hand now. Was that the case also then? Not really. In fact, a coach by the name of Everett Case was brought to North Carolina State, and he was the man that started bringing the northern player down south because back in those days, North Carolina, the state itself, did not have quality high school basketball. So all of a sudden, we all started going south. North Carolina ended up taking Frank McGuire from, from St. John's and started recruiting a lot more heavily because of Everett Case. And we were part of the, the first group that came from Western Pennsylvania. In fact, my senior year, our starting five, two from Philadelphia, two from Western Pennsylvania, and one boy from North Carolina. Wow. Dick Rode is with us, former Pirate great. Dick, um, talk about your intersection with the Pirates. Of course, growing up in Swissvale, you wanted to play at Forbes Field for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, you met Branch Rickey, and he knew about your baseball baseball exploits. Of course, uh, Branch Rickey, famously known for breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball with Jackie Robinson. But Branch Rickey, he touted you and made you an offer on the spot, right, that uh, you should play baseball for the Pirates, and uh, you kind of sealed that deal with a handshake. We sure did. I was a junior at Duke at the time, and I had one more year of eligibility, and he made the, the rash statement to me at the time is, if you'll, your father will sign a contract, I was only 20 then, I'll start you against the Cincinnati Redlegs tomorrow night. <laughs> well, I said to Mr. Ricky, that's not even fair. You know I want to play Major League Baseball, but I owe my senior year to Duke to play basketball, baseball, and I'm going back. He said, but you make the same offer to me, I promise you I'll sign with the Pirates. At that time, there was no such thing as a baseball draft. So we shook hands. He said, you have a deal. And he never again brought up signing until I came back from the College World Series in 1952 on Sunday night. He called me on Monday. I went in with my father, signed with the Pirates, joined them the next day, watched one game, pinch hit a game, and played every game the rest of the season. <laughs> now, that's amazing to think that you spent zero time in any minor league system. You walked on the field, and there you were in the big leagues. I mean, did you realize, Dick, at the time what you were doing was exceptional, extraordinary, that, you know, there all of a sudden you were a kid out of the College World Series, and then you were playing in the big leagues? Did that, did that sink into you? Well, very much so. The amazing reason, obviously, was in those days, in 1952, 53, everybody had to go in the service. So I knew that I was going to have to go in the Army. So my point was I wanted to play Major League Baseball to find out how deep the water was and whether I could ever hit Major League Pitcher or not and was fortunate enough that year to lead the Pirates in hitting. <laughs> so you did okay. Yeah, you could hit the ball, couldn't you? So did that surprise you, Dick? I mean, did you think, wow, I'm not sure I can do this, and then were you surprised at your success? Believe it or not, you're overwhelmed for probably the first three or four weeks. But when I joined the Pirates, we were very bad, remember? Mm -hmm. So we're, they weren't going anyplace with or without me. 
So Mr. Ricky could afford to gamble like this, and it worked out perfectly because once I settled in, I started to hit the ball extremely well, and the next thing I knew, I was leading the Pirates in hitting. Outstanding. So, Dick, growing up in Swissvale and making the trip down into Oakland to see the Pirates play, and then all of a sudden, there you are, standing on the field, wearing a Pittsburgh Pirate jersey, and thinking, you know, I belong here. What was that like for you? I mean, I'm sure your mother and father had to have a great sense of pride when they saw you on the field. You were feted, I'm sure, in Swissvale and all across western Pennsylvania as a, a kind of a, a, a local boy makes good. Well, my, my father was extremely proud. He loved baseball. And he and Mom went to an awful lot of games at that time. But it, it was, to me, we were terrible at 52, if you recall. And yet, to me... Every day was like Christmas morning. That's all I'd ever done was play basketball and baseball. So playing on the Pirates at Fort Field, boy, I was I was really living for a young man. I can promise you at age 21. I bet. That's good. But then help us to understand how the timeline worked, because you signed with the Pirates, but then you were drafted into the NBA in 1952 as well. Well, it just so happened that I needed... A, one more semester at Duke to graduate. And I ended up, believe it or not, going back to school because academically my grades were very, very good. So I was deferred from the service for that one semester, the, the winter of 1952-53. And the minute I graduated, Uncle Sam said, it's time for you to come to work. And I, and I ended up going in the service. But prior to that, I finished the season with the Pirates in 52, and the Pistons got me a private plane and flew me back from Durham to, to Fort Wayne or Durham to, to New York, Durham to Philadelphia, whatever it took. And I was only carrying one or three classes, one on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I could fly to New York Tuesday morning and play Tuesday night, fly back and go to class on Wednesday, <laughs> fly to Philadelphia. All the NBA teams were in the East at that time. Dick, that's amazing. I mean, I can't imagine what that time in your life must have been like. I mean, the girls must have loved you, Dick. Believe it or not, I was having a ball. I bet you were. I fun in my life than playing <laughs> in the NBA. And, of course, I, I was only carrying a very light schedule at Duke. Then I finished that, though. I knew that was the end of my NBA career. Except I thought I might be able to play again when I get out of the service. But Mr. Ricky would not allow it when oh. I came back out of the Army. I see. So, Dick, I'm sure you've heard this before. A lot of people would say to you, well, you know, you were Bo Jackson before there was Bo Jackson. That you had great success playing two professional sports. Um it's a shame that Mr. Ricky wouldn't allow you to play basketball at the same time you had ba uh, baseball in your blood as well. Well, I wanted to. and thought I had done it all my life, high school and, and college. I thought I could do it for at least a couple of years. But his argument was that I used uh, Gene Conley. He played with the Celtics, the Boston Celtics, and also with the Milwaukee Braves. But he said, that won't work, young man. He said, he's a backup center to Bill Russell, doesn't play that much. He's a starting pitcher only every fifth day. He said, you're a starting point guard, 
and you're starting shortstop, the human body can't take that kind of beating. Wow. Did you resent him for that at the time, Dick? Not really, because he had treated me so fairly and had lived by his word right along, and I had great respect for this man in every possible way, and maybe he was right. I, Looking back on it, he probably was, but at that time when you're young, you think you can never wear out. Pittsburgh Pirate great Dick Grote is with us. We're talking about his life and his career. Dick, um, of course, the time he spent with the Pirates, extremely productive, uh, culminating in the 1960 World Series Championship where you were most valuable player for the year uh, and in the series as well. Um, Dick, can you talk about that? Um, For many people who are baseball uh, fanatics, they would look at Game 7 of the 1960 World Series and arguably for a lot of people, the greatest baseball game ever played. I'm sure you've thought about that uh, game tremendously. Uh, what's your memory of the game and your part in that? Believe it or not, I felt very much so, and I still do, what a great game that was. There was not a strikeout in the whole game on either team. The score, the final score was 10-9, to 9, and when you think about it now, that game was over in 2 hours and 35 minutes. What? Unbelievable. Today they can play 3-1 games in <laughs> 3 hours and 15 minutes. You've got that right. And it's it was just it was just a special game, and when it was all over, numerous players on that team, Mazeroski, Burden, and myself, have gone over it many times and said, "Believe it or not, we were a team of destiny that year. Yeah, yeah. We were supposed to win. No doubt. The ball that Bill Burden hit was a tailor-made double play that took a bad hop and led to a five-run inning. I mean, it was just." The Lord was on our side that year, I believe. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. So when it was all said and done and Mazeroski hit that home run, I mean, you had to pinch yourself. I mean, what an amazing feeling. A guy from Swissvale on part of the uh, you know the world champion Pittsburgh Pirates at your at home field. field. I mean, just an amazing thing. Well, just being a member of the Pirates was, was so special. And it, it's like I had a broken wrist. I broke my wrist on September 6th, and I was afraid I was going to miss the World Series, and I finally talked Dr. Feingold into taking off the cast early, and believe it or not, it healed rather quickly, and I said, I don't want to even think about missing a World Series, having played for my own hometown. Greatest thrill in the world to play on a world championship in your own hometown, and remember, we had never seen a winner having grown up the preceding 30 years. Yeah. This has been such a pleasure for us. I can't tell you how excited we were to talk to you, and um, this has just been a thrill. Well, thank you so very much. I very much enjoyed being with you folks, and I hope the broadcast comes out okay, and it was a pleasure just being on your show. Well, Dick, the pleasure is ours. Thank you so very much. Thanks an Thank awful lot. You. The 4 for 4 from Wendy's has a lot of fans because it's a deal that gives you a sandwich plus four nuggets, a small fry, and drink, all for just $4. But now the 4 for 4 has more variety than ever with eight sandwich choices. I'm loyal to the double stack. I'm Junior Bacon Cheeseburger through and through. I pledge myself to the crispy chicken sandwich. I'm loyal to my hunger. Whether you're loyal to one sandwich or all eight, the Wendy's 4 for 4 has a sandwich for you. So try them all and pick your favorite. Now that's... That's deliciously different. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Offer not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. 
Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. A more peaceful, healthy world happens one person at a time. Around the globe, there are children who dream of helping their families, who hope for the future, and who have a name. Know the person you're helping directly at Unbound.org. I saw a thing the other day about the top 50 most visited websites in the United States. Now, it's interesting to think just the United States because Right in China, they're not they're not visiting the same websites we are. Right, so around the world, every country, I'm sure, it's a, a national or regional thing. Okay, you fall into your, you know. Okay, so this is website. just the U.S. Just the U.S. Oh, this, okay, All right. top fifty websites based upon um, the rank of traffic on that site. Okay, okay, can I guess a couple? Yeah, um, so fifty. I'm not. Well, there's fifty. Oh, okay, fifty. Okay, so. Let me, go, let me go back and just give you a clue in to like a few from right. 50, okay? Right. Amazon has to be on there. 50 number of, from, from 50 forward, Realtor.com. Oh, I've been on that site. Weather.com is 49. Bank of America. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one. Number 47, AOL.com. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 46 is Home Depot. 45 is AT&T. 44 is MLB. 43 surprises me, New York Times. Huh. 42. Wait, is, you thought it'd be higher or lower? I thought it'd be much higher. Yeah. Because I like live on that site. Right. 42 is the Drudge Report. So the Drudge Report beat out the New York How Times. How about that? Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure that there are- Matt Drudge is are, thrilled with that. And I'm sure there are liberals who think that the world is about to end. You got that right. 41 is an adult website. Great. 40 is news.google. Not the Google site, but the Google News site. All right. 39 is Yelp. 38 is Wells Fargo. 37 is Hulu. I would think Yelp would be higher. Okay. Me too. Uh, 34 is Fox News. 33 is... So Fox News beat the New York Times. Yes, it did. Okay. Mm-hmm. 33 is Office.com. What is that? Office.com. I don't know. Maybe, 30, um, maybe Office Supply? No, maybe Maybe so. Yeah, Computer and Electronics. Uh, 32 is IMDb. Oh, I'm on there a lot. Are you? Yeah, because I see a person and I'm like, wait a minute, who's that person? What have I, I seen him in before? I don't like that site. Oh, I don't. You know what I like? Huh? Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I never go to that site. Oh, I, I don't see. like that site. Oh, see, I don't like how it's set up. Oh, really? I, yeah, I like it how it's set up. It annoys me to look at it. Huh. Okay. IMDb uh, annoys me. Okay, good. Well, then I'll stay on that and you stay okay. on Rotten Tomatoes. So stay off my website. <laughs> 29 is PayPal. Okay. Uh, 27 is ESPN. Mm-hmm. 26 is CNN. CNN beats Fox News, uh-huh. Drudge Report, and New York Times. 24 is Zillow. Don't you love Zillow? I've never been on Zillow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a home site. Oh. You go look at you know people's homes and see what they're paying. And, you know, oh, it's like a real right. estate site. Oh, yeah. Okay. 23 is Tumblr. What's Tumblr? Tumblr is social media. Know. Oh, I thought so. Okay. Uh, 22 is MSN. Okay. 21 is LinkedIn. I don't get LinkedIn. I don't either. It's a black hole portal. I don't portal. understand it. I want, I want like, yo, you know what I like about LinkedIn? The only thing? What? Who's looked at your profile? Right, but you, but can, then they don't go, you have to pay to determine? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what LinkedIn 20 is Walmart. Okay. 19 is Pinterest. Yeah. 18 is Netflix. Okay. 17 is an adult site. Uh, 15 is Bing.com. I've never been on Bing. That's a search engine. 
Oh. It's like MSN. Oh, well, that doesn't count, yeah. does it? 14 is Craigslist. 13 is Instagram. Okay. 12, Reddit. Reddit. Uh, Do you get Reddit? What's Reddit? My kid uses Reddit. It's I don't a, it's, know what Reddit is. It's a community and people post. It's social and, media? Mm, yes, but it's more you know, information. Like my One of my kids goes on there and, and talks about old tech on Reddit. There's streams of, you know. Really? Is this like forums? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, number 11 is Twitter. Okay. Is, Twitter did not top the... We spend a lot of time on Twitter. I love Twitter. I think it's my favorite site. Yeah, by the way, you should follow us on Twitter. Oh, Kathy, un- Kathy underscore Word FM. John underscore Word FM. Okay, here's the top 10 uh, most traffic websites okay, in the U.S. Okay, Wikipedia is 10. All right. I'm on Wikipedia a lot. Often. Do you give money to Wikipedia? No. What's the deal? They're always asking I know, for they're cash. they're asking for money. eBay. Number nine. I also have spent a lot of time there. Number eight, an adult site. Oh, gosh. Number seven, an adult site. Come on. Number six, an adult what? site. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. We're the worst. Number five yeah, is Yahoo. Yahoo? Yep. Yahoo.com. That's another search site, though. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that should count. Okay. Four is Amazon. Yeah, I knew that would be up there. Three is YouTube. Okay. Two is Facebook. Yeah. One is Google. How about that? So in the top 10. Three of them are adult sites. Yep. I am in despair. No doubt. I mean, holy smokes. Top 10. I mean, you think of how many people are on CNN or how many people, you know, are logging on Wikipedia, to. or Twitter. Right. Or Pinterest. All Twitter. That. You think that more people, that way more people are logging onto adult sites than onto Pinterest or Home Depot and or. And you think, well, oh, it's well, so, so depressing. One, um, one adult site is the same as the next adult site. So three adult sites in the top ten. That is a bajillion people on adult sites daily. I'm in despair. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that rational people don't acknowledge that that is ruining us. Well, look, that we talked about this yesterday. Us. That the large majority of people responded to this local to this a, a new survey that said they find no moral problem with pornography. That's how okay, mainstream it's become. Okay, if they don't see a moral problem with pornography, which I think is sad, how about a behavioral problem with pornography? I'm sure people have a pornography addiction okay. and fall into that hole. All right. How about if you don't, if you wouldn't think, well, I don't have an addiction. I just go on it every day or well, twice a day it's an addiction. or three times a day. Right. So because you don't call it an addiction doesn't mean you still don't have a behavioral problem. Yeah. I mean, it's shocking. I mean, seriously. I, 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 I seriously, <laughs> I, I'm not mincing words when I say I think that is ruining us. I think, that, I think that is ruining people for relationship for the rest of their life. Oh, can you imagine? No, I cannot being, imagine. You know, a young nope. a young man or nope. a young woman, and nope. and apparently pornography addiction is infecting both both sexes, both, right? Right, man and female. It's absolutely tragic. It is tragic. Uh, okay, so I'm sure that there have been studies. We should we should delve into this a little further. Right now that we know the three out of the top ten websites, that's millions and millions of people every day delve into this. What are the theological, the moral, the philosophical, the psychological implications of pornography mm-hmm. in our lives? And what does that mean for the future of people who are on those sites every day? Yeah. And heck, I mean, I remember being a kid and, you know, it was a big deal to go see a, um, you know, PG-13 right. movie. And the, then they made the transition and the ratings to M for mature and all that whole thing. Look how far we've come. It's the nature of the the darkness of our hearts and the appetites that we have mm-hmm. that are available from one click away right. and in our pockets. 
Goodness gracious. All right. Uh, that's our show for the day, isn't it? And uh, listen, uh, go to our website. Um, go to the John and Kathy show. Look at the podcast. Yeah. Our podcast is available for any portion of today's show that you missed, com. Also, tomorrow's going to be a great day on the show because we've got pirate tickets for you. Oh, 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 oh. And listen, if you're afraid that the team will lose, I will tell you they might. But you will, you will have a Ooh. glorious summer night in Pittsburgh's ballpark. For faith night. Exactly. Or any night. Any night. Yeah, but you know... Listen, don't e- <laughs> don't you bring your negativity, right. Mike. You're sp- <laughs> don't you fall down on his side, Mike. No, but you know what I mean? Okay, never what? mind. Nothing. I, what? Nothing. I love to see the game, but I sure hate a bad team. And this is right now. It, it was so fun to watch early in the season. You were poo-pooing it early in the season. Yeah, but there was some hope. No. Now? There's still hope. We're not even halfway through okay. the season. All right, let's go Bucks. That's right. Okay. See you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.